All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to, let me introduce you to our series that started last week. This is a series, what, oh yeah, (laughs) this is a series called You Asked It, and the subtext is let's talk about your questions. Now, you guys being students probably have a ton of questions. Me as an adult, I have a ton of questions, all right? We all have a ton of questions, and just about life, everything, right, everything in life yeah, it tends to, we don't know everything, so we have questions. And, and one thing that I'm trying to encourage you guys to do is, is to view church as a place that you can come and ask any question that you want, and, uh, and we will give you a Christian answer, okay? We'll give you the, the answer from a Christian biblical perspective. And so a couple months ago, we passed out cards in small group time, and we asked you guys if you could ask me any question to preach about or you want me to talk about, what are some of the questions? And Last week, the question that we, we did was, uh, why do you believe what you believe? And we figured it'd be a great question to start with since we're doing a series called You Asked It, and we're going to give you Christian answers. I thought it'd be cool to tell you the, why I believe in the Christian idea, right? Why I believe in Jesus Christ. And so last week was all about that. And then this week, we're going to go ahead and um, I'm going to go ahead and show you the question, but go ahead and hit the next slide for me. The question that we're going to ask tonight is, can a Christian lose their salvation? All right. Now, this, this question was the question that was most asked on our slips. There was probably five people, I think, that asked this question in, in different ways. It was like one said, I'm a Christian, but if I sin and turn away from God, can I still go to heaven? Right? And a lot of these questions were along the topic of, you know, if I do this, if I do this, will I still go to heaven? And this is, has anybody ever thought of this question before? Anybody ever thought about it? Yeah, can a Christian lose their salvation? What we're going to do tonight is we're going to kind of, we're, we're going to dig into this because, this, again, this is a question, when I was your age, I thought about this question a lot. In fact, I grew up in a church that was an Assemblies of God church, which is not a Southern Baptist church. They're pretty charismatic. Aren't you an Assemblies of God person? Yeah. Well, that's way, well, eh, they're the same thing, charismatic, right? Rusty, same thing, right? Mormons and everything, yeah. We, we got two former Mormons in here? That's awesome. A black sheep Morgan? Mor- Mormon, not a Morgan, sorry. I don't, I don't know. All right, anyways, well, I grew up in a church where they taught that you could lose your salvation. And essentially, they said that you can sin and do something that would cause God to say, nope, sorry, uh, close the book on you and say, you, you were allowed to go to heaven, but because of what you did, you can no longer go to heaven, all right? And I, I remember, I, I've probably told this story, but I was in church. Uh, my pastor preached on this kind of topic. We broke off into our small group rooms, and I, I asked my youth leader, I said, hey, um, I said, hypothetical question here, okay? I'm a Christian. I go to church every week, all right? Th- that wasn't hypothetical. I was. But, but the, <laughs> I said, hypothetically, you know, I am a Christian who goes to church. I, I serve in the church, all this. But I run into hard times, and I, uh, I'm out of money. And then I go to a gas station, and I take a gun out, and I say, give me all your money or I'm going to shoot you in the face. And then, uh, and then they go, no. And then I say, serious, I'm going to shoot you in the face if you don't give me all your money. And, and I said, what if I'm doing this? And at this moment, God, Jesus comes back in the clouds. And I'm, and I'm holding a gun, threatening to shoot a, a dude in the face. And I look at Jesus, and Jesus goes, oh, no. Oh, no, Matt. Mm, no, 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 no. You can no longer go to heaven. I said, I said, what if Jesus came back while I was in the middle of sinning? And my, my youth leader said to me, he said, he said uh, you would not go to heaven. And I said, what? I was like, man, I, but, but hold on now. My whole life was, was I, I, I lived for God and all this stuff. And then, and then this one little sin, he goes, nope, you wouldn't go to heaven. And I said, why? And he goes, well, it's because it's an unrepented sin. 
right? You sinned, and you didn't have a chance to ask God for forgiveness for that sin. Now, a lot of people think this is why people who commit suicide don't go to heaven, all right? They'll say, this person commits suicide. Because they commit suicide, they couldn't ask for that forgiveness of that sin, and they went to hell. Now, um, I'll go ahead and tell you guys from, from the beginning, uh, I'll, I'll tell you my stance, and then we'll tell you why we believe this, okay, is that the answer to this question, can a Christian lose their salvation? Um, we, we at Genoa Church, we do not believe a Christian can lose their salvation, okay? This is called once saved, always saved, all right? Meaning, if you are a Christian, if you believe in Jesus Christ and you've given your life to him fully, then no amount of sinning that you do will unsave you, Okay? Now, th- this, is, this is a question that, and again, I'll dive into that, but this is a question that's really tough because there's a lot, like my church growing up, they would completely disagree with that statement that I just made now, okay? They completely disagree. In fact, this is a, this, we call this an in-house debate because this is, um, this is not, it's not really a heaven or hell issue. I think you can believe that a person can lose their salvation and still be a Christian. I don't think it's super biblical, but we, we this is an in-house debate, meaning church Christian, Christians can have this debate with each other, okay? Because I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of, I, I think that the Bible's pretty obvious and that you are eternally secure. However, there are, I'll, again, I'll be honest, there are a couple of verses that make me reconsider sometimes. I read them and I go, oh man, that's a tough one. <laughs> How do I explain this one, right? But, um, but the overall grand scheme of it, I think that you cannot lose your salvation. Now, the reason I say that, and, and this is what we're going to do, is we're, I want us to define a couple of terms because uh, I, I love whenever I talk to Andrew, when we're talking about debates and stuff, I'll say, well, why do you think this? He goes, well, hold on. Now we've got to define our terms here, all right? If we're going to have an argument, I need to know what you mean when you say this word. So I think that wrongly defining one of these words up here is the reason that, that a lot of people think you, that, that they see people who can lose their salvation. Have you guys ever met anybody, for, before I define these, has any, have you ever met anybody who went to church for a long time, it appeared that they were a Christian, and then something terrible happened, and it looks like they turned away from God? You ever seen those before? Yeah. They, they're there, right? And this, this is the question I have. So I go, man, are those persons, are they really saved? I, I don't know, right? And then, and then you have the people who go to uh, winter camp, and then they get saved at winter camp. They jump up and down when the music's playing. They're pumped about God. And then two days later, they get back, and they go back to their normal ways, and some people would say, some people at this church would say that that person is a Christian. They'll say, they prayed the prayer, right? They prayed to ask Jesus into their heart. They are secure in heaven. Now, that prayer is not in the Bible, okay? The Bible does not teach us that you can pray a prayer and that all of a sudden you're saved. Obviously, it says confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved, but I think there's a little bit more to it, all right? So this is what we're going to break down. Let's, let's, def- let's go ahead and define two of these words. The first word here that we're going to define is salvation, okay? Salvation is deliverance from sin and its consequences, believed by Christians to be brought about by faith in Christ. So whenever we're talking about salvation, we're specifically talking about how, um, what happens when a person comes to know Jesus, they are saved. They have salvation. By the way, this is on uh, online notes, by the way. All of this stuff is there if you want that. Genoastudents.org, scroll down to the second picture and hit sermon notes, okay? But, um, but, but salvation is what myself and every leader, this is what we uh, pretty passionately pray about for all of you guys to get, all right? We want you to be saved. We want you to experience salvation, and for, the, for everybody born, you're born into sin, everybody here has messed up at least one time, right? Which means that in the eyes of God, you're guilty, and there's a consequence for that sin. However, because of salvation, and we know this is what Jesus did on the cross, when he died on the cross for you, he provided a way to be saved. 
And so, like I said, I want to make sure that you you know what we're talking about when we say that, okay? So that's the first word. And then here's the second word, okay? The second word is is, uh, Christian. Now, this is what we're going to focus on tonight because I think a lot of the problem when we're asking this question is can a Christian lose their salvation is we got to really know what we're talking about when we say this word Christian because I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I imagine myself, maybe even some of the leaders, some of you kids for sure, we may have a different definition of what a Christian is. Now, before, go back a slide real quick if you don't mind. Go back to the salvation. Uh, somebody, can somebody raise your hand? And in your own words, what do you think a Christian is? Would anybody like to venture to uh, give me an answer? Anyone? Manny, for the podcast, let me put this mic up to your mouth. There we go. What's a Christian? All right. Well, someone that, like, fully commits to, like, going to church and, like, being with God for, like, the rest of their lives. Okay, someone who fully commits to God for the rest of their lives and commits to going to church. All right, that's a good answer. What else? Anybody else want to say one? Sam, let me. I told you I hurt my back earlier, so just bear with me. I'm bearing with you. Uh, A Christian is someone who is fully trusted in Jesus with their life. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah, fully trusted in in Jesus uh, with their whole life. That's a great answer. Yeah. One more? One more? Anybody else want to give me one? Yes. Go ahead. They ask God into their heart. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely the first step, right? That's that, uh, you, you know, I, I know I said that it's not the prayer, but that is the first step to being saved is you have to give your life. You have to ask Jesus to come into your life. And Mo, let's do one more. Go ahead. Uh, you got to speak in the mic, man. No, I'm good. <laughs> you got shy. Tell me and I'll tell everybody. Go ahead. All right, we'll talk afterwards. All right. Mo, I know, has the right answer. He has the right answer to everything. Okay, so, so let's go ahead and do our definition. Go ahead and hit the next slide, Burleson. So this is our definition of what a Christian is. A Christian is a person who has fully trusted in Jesus Christ as the only Savior and therefore possesses the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, I didn't make this definition up. I wish I did. I read it somewhere. But there's two things here that's very important is number one is you have to fully trust in Jesus Christ. This is what you said, okay? You have to fully trust This means, I say this often, that every thought, every action, and every word needs to be to the glory of God or to the glory of Jesus Christ. This is not an easy thing to ask. This is why I try to tell you, I I try often to say this, actually. I try to say, hey, you know, becoming a Christian does not make your life easier. (laughs) In fact, it can make it a lot harder, okay? And and, and putting your whole trust into Jesus Christ is, is, is not an easy thing. It can be extremely difficult. You will lose friends over this. You will, uh, you will offend people over this for a belief in Jesus Christ, okay? And then the second thing is you, you, um, you possess the Holy Spirit. Remember, we talked about this where your body, the, the moment you become a Christian, your body literally becomes a temple that God dwells in. In the Old Testament, if you wanted to dwell with God, you had to go to the tabernacle. But because of the Holy Spirit, God's like, no, 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 you don't have to come to me anymore. I'm going to go to you. I'm going to live inside of you, and now you will be my church, and you will go everywhere. It's pretty cool, right? So these are the two things uh, that, that it takes to be a Christian. Now, the, the reason I'm defining this word Christian is because this, this is a word that has been really, really tracked through the mud, okay? The, what, what I have found and what I see, and I imagine most of you guys would agree with me, is that I think we have lowered the, uh, I think we've lowered the bar for what it means to be a Christian, okay? Like, like you can say, um, like, who thinks being a Christian means you go to church every week? Anybody think that? Or, okay, all right. It's one of the things, right? I mean, you, 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 the Bible tells us, do not forsake the gathering of the assembly. Go to church, right? Who thinks a Christian is, uh, is, is a person who just tithes 10% to the church, right? It's one of the things you're supposed to do, but that's not it. 
okay? So I think we've watered down this definition of Christian. In fact, there's a, um, have you guys ever heard, there's a survey out that talks about how 50% of all marriage ends in divorce. Have you heard this stat before? 50% of all marriage ends in divorce. And the Barna Group did a, a research uh, thing about, uh, in, like in 2003, a long time ago, and they said, hold on, hold on, hold the press. It's worse than that. 50% of Christian families end in divorce. Christian marriages end in divorce. And I remember hearing that stat, and I was like, 50%? Marriage is kind of our thing, you know? Like, <laughs> we shouldn't be, that's crazy, you know? But 50% of Christian marriages ended in divorce. Now, just recently, they redid that study about like four or five years ago, and they found that those numbers were off. It, and the reason they were off is their definition of Christian wasn't accurate, okay? People who you could probably say weren't really Christians were funneling into that stat that shouldn't have been there. So what they did was they, they interviewed all these churches again, and they said, all right, um, what we're going to do, we, we just asked anybody who was a member at Genoa Baptist, or we'll say our church, right? We just asked all the members of Genoa Baptist. Well, I'm here to tell you guys that not every member of Genoa Baptist is a Christian, okay? I hate to tell you, but it's just the truth, all right? And so, so what they did is they came in and they said, um, what we need to do is uh, if you go to church regularly, we, we're, we're going to count you. Everybody who doesn't go to church regularly, we're going to take you out of this, this uh, statistic here. And what happened was once they did that, the number from 50% of marriages that end in divorce went down to 30%, okay? And then they said, well, let's take it a step further. Let's say um, people who are in a Bible study regularly, okay? Then that number went down even more. And then they said, okay, what about somebody who uh, regularly shares their faith? Or, or you know, they, they start saying these things that really a true Christian should look like. And what they found is that by the end of it, the true Christians, the people who were really Christian, that number was extremely low for divorces. And that was, that's a pretty good thing, right? The problem is, is we throw, we, we let people claim the identity of Christian that probably have no business saying that they're a Christian. You guys ever met anybody like that? yeah, I'm a Christian on Wednesdays, I'm a Christian on Sundays, and then you see them during the week and you're like, mm, nope, not, not true, all right? Guys, that's how I was in high school. Like, I had a friend who called, his name was Mike, I told you about him, he called me out all the time. He'd be like, hey man, I, you know, you were leading worship last night in the youth group, and then you're dropping some bombs here, what's going on? And I said, I'm sorry. And then I apologized, all right? But, but the thing is, you know, we, being, I always say this, that being a Christian is a, is a 24-hour job, right? I mean, you, you don't just, it's not a part-time gig we're looking at here. We want you to be a Christian all the time. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you two points, and then we'll break up into our uh, small groups. And uh, let's go ahead and do the first one. Here's the first one, okay? Go ahead and hit that next slide. Number one, true salvation cannot be lost. Now, notice here that we talk about true salvation. I capitalize this word true because I'm convinced that if a person is truly saved, they will not turn away from God, okay? So um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9, or you can just look up on the screen, or you can look on your phones, all right? That's fine as well. So let me read this. This is Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. Now, um, I, I, to me, this passage that I'm about to read you here uh, kind of proves the point that, that some people can appear to be Christian, they can do Christ-like things, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a Christian, Okay? Now, there's four people that I'm going to be talking about in this passage, and as I'm reading this, I want you to think to yourself, which one of these four am I? I want you to be honest, okay? Be real honest with yourself, all right? This is Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat, he sat down, and while the whole crowd stood there on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables. Somebody tell me what a parable is. Does anybody know what a parable is? What's a parable? 
that, that is the word-for-word -word definition of what a parable is. Yeah, it is a story told by Jesus to teach a lesson, okay? In fact, um, they, they would say that a lot of parables kind of, they sounded like riddles in a way, where, where if you didn't know what he was talking about, you'd be like, what is he talking about? And then sometimes Jesus would have to explain it, okay? And this is one of those, all right? So he said to them, consider the sower who went out to sow. Think of it as a farmer who went out to scatter seeds, okay? Verse 4. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. Still, other seed fell on, a, on the good ground and produced good fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times what was sown. Let anyone who has ears listen. Does that make sense to anybody? It, oh, good for you guys. It did not make sense for me the first time I read it, okay? I, I, remember, I remember hearing this as a kid and only recently, like in the last couple of years, being like, what is he talking about? And then, and then my friend was like, dude, just read a couple of verses down. He explains it. And I go, what? Oh, yeah, there it is. All right. We're going <laughs> to skip down to verse 18, okay? Because what happened was even the disciples, they said, why do you speak in these parables? Why do you speak in these riddles? And Jesus said, uh, he said, let me explain it to you. So here's how he explains it, okay? Listen to the parable of the sower, verse, uh, verse 19. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. Let, let, me, let, me, um, let me, again, we're going to define some terms here real quick before we go. Um, the sower, who do you think the sower is? Jesus, God, right? Yeah, it's God, okay? Who, what do you think the seed is? Does anybody have any idea what the seed is? What do you think? Close, close. What do you think it is? Anybody? What do you think? Right. It's the gospel. It's the word of God. Okay? So God provides a way that the word of God can be shared with us. And what is the ground? What's the answer, Sam? You just said it. It's us, right? We represent the ground. And so what this whole parable teaches us is that uh, this sower that's sprinkling seed, he realized, I don't know if you've ever tried to, to grow seed or a plant in different kinds of ground, but rocky ground obviously doesn't grow real well, okay? You, you want the good soil. And so there's four soils that are mentioned here, and I want you to think about which soil you are, okay? So let me reread it. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom, that's the soil, and he doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and he snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one that was thrown along the path. Okay? So this first one is the person who hears the word, and then it's quickly, the seed is taken away from him. Okay? The next one. And the one sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root, and it's short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but he worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth, and it chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And here's the last one. But when the one sown on the good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit in its yields, some 100, some 60, and some 30 times what was sown. If you're a Christian, you're the last one, okay? You're the last one. Like the, the word of God has, has pierced your heart. It, it is in your heart, and you, and you should see fruit. They say that this is, one of the, uh, this is one of the defining characteristics of a Christian is that you should see fruits, that you should see actions and um, things that they do should prove that they're a Christian. This is why if you ever see somebody at school who's not acting like a Christian, you can be like, man, you're not really, your fruits right now don't seem to be real Christian. And remember, as Christians, we're supposed to call each other out on this, okay? 
But I, wanna, I want to, uh, one more time, I'm going to break this down a little bit more for you guys because, again, it's still a little bit confusing, right? So let me, let me go one to four, and again, think about which one you are. Remember, the four different grounds represent us, and the seed represents the people. Let's look at the first one. Let's break it down. The first one was the hard ground, okay? This represents someone who is hardened by sin. Anybody ever met someone who their hearts are so hardened by sin? Ever seen anybody? Yeah, I've seen it before. I've seen people who just just do not give me the time of day when I tell them about God, okay? Their hearts are so hardened by sin. What happens is they hear it, but it, they don't understand the word, and essentially Satan comes and he plucks that message away, keeping the heart dull and uh, preventing the word from making an impression. These are the people who you share the gospel with. You can share it with them a hundred times. Yeah, it just doesn't get through, okay? That's the first one. Second one, the stony ground pictures a man who professes delight with the word, However, his heart is not changed, and when trouble arises, his so-called faith quickly disappears. Okay, this is the kid who goes to kids' camp. Whatever preacher is preaching or whatever guy's sharing the message gets him real pumped up with his illustrations or whatever, and they go, yeah, I want a part of this Christian thing. And then they go back home, and then the hard times come, and they immediately go back to where they were. In fact, it says that this, the, the stony, the rocky ground, it says that the word, it planted temporarily, but it, it wasn't deep enough that the root could grow, okay? And because the root couldn't grow, um, they, they just, you know, they're, they're a Christian for a little bit. Guys, I have seen this, especially in student ministry and kids ministry, I have seen this a million times, a million times. I can, this, okay, I'll give you a little, little secret here. This, this sounds really bad. In kids ministry, if I wanted to have 50 salvations a week, I could have. All right, seriously, I could have said, guys, if you want a piece of candy, raise your hand and say that you've accepted, no, not, I'm not doing that here, Andy, I'm sorry. All right, but, uh, but I could say, if you, if you accept Christ in your heart, I'll give you a piece of candy. And these kids are like, wow, I love Jesus. And then they raise their hands. I could do that every week if I wanted to. And I could go to my staff meetings and be like, Pastor Frank, another 50. And Frank would say, wow, uh, you know, there's only 100 kids in there. How are you saving 50 every, <laughs> every week, you know? But this, but this happens, right, where... People, they, they, they have this experience, and this, this tends to be emotion-based. It tends to be real emotional, where emotionally they feel this, and then, and then when the hard times come, they go right back. They go, no, 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 I'm not going to rely on God for this. I'm not going to rely on Jesus. And guys, this passage here tells us that that person is not a Christian, okay? They're not a Christian. Let's go to the next one. Ready? The thorny ground. This is part three, ready? Or the third ground. The thorny ground depicts one who seems to receive the word, but whose heart is full of riches, pleasures and lusts. The things of this world take his time and his attention away from the word, and he ends up having no time for it. Now, I, I see this with celebrities, you know. My favorite is when rappers get up there, and they're just like, yeah, I want to thank God for my song, uh, Shoot You in the Face, Die Punk, you know, and all this stuff. And, and, and not all rappers, obviously, but like, but like uh, rock stars, right? They're just like, I want to thank Jesus. They got their cross on, and they're like, for my song, Girls, 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 you know. And I'm like, come on, guys. I mean, and what, what, what happens is you see celebrities especially, they, they profess a faith in Jesus, and maybe it's real when they do it, but then the riches get in the way, the, the wealth gets in the way, and they go, man, I think I'd rather have the wealth. I think I'd rather have the riches than, than this whole Jesus thing. It was good while it lasted, right? But I'd rather do that. Okay, so that's the third one. And then here's the last one, ready? The good ground portrays the one who hears, understands, and receives the word and allows the word to accomplish its result in his life. The man represented by the good ground is the only one of the four who is truly saved because salvation's proof is fruit. You guys ever heard fruits of the Spirit before? Yep. If you, 
I mean, this is, this is tough because I feel, I, I feel like you never can truly know if a person is saved. That's between them and God, right? I, I don't know. But when I see people who claim to be saved and there's no fruit of the Spirit in their life, like there's no sign that they're a Christian, I'm just like, come on, man. Don't, don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. And this is what we've done in this country is we've watered down Christianity. And I'm going to show you proof of this, okay? Go ahead and hit that next picture for me if you don't mind. Does anybody know who this actor is? Uh, go ahead and hit the slide uh, with the guy on it. Burleson. Here we go. All right. There it is. Anybody know who this is? All right. This is Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Now, now this guy, all right, listen, this is my man crush. I'll go ahead and be honest. I love Idris Elba. I love this guy. In fact, I think he should be the next James Bond, all right? And there's, there's talks that he might be the guy, so we'll see. But Idris Elba here, he's a great actor. He's a really good actor because um, I didn't know he was British until, like, the first six movies that I saw him in. And then I saw him in an interview, and they're like, Idris, how's your career going? He's like, it's really going great, man. Thanks for asking. And I was like, this dude's British. I was like, what a good actor, all right? Because he has a great American accent, all right? But this is, I love this guy. I think he's a phenomenal actor. But um, what's funny is there was a, there's a thing going around where he won the sexiest man in the world, okay? Like, I guess all the women love Idris Elba, apparently. And um, what, what this company thought would be a cool idea is they said, hey, we're going to make a, uh, we're gonna make a doll of Idris Elba, and then we're going to sell this doll. And we're going to, I mean, women are going to go crazy over this thing. It's a Barbie-sized doll. It's not even, like, it's like a doll that kids play with, right? I want to show you what this doll looks like, and I want you to tell me if you think it looks anything like Idris Elba. Go ahead and hit the next slide, okay? Does that look anything like Idris Elba? Nope. Hit the next slide. Let's see a side-by-side, -side. all right? Look. Does that look anything like Idris Elba? People said it looks like Montel, all right? You know Montel? What? It looks like who? Jaden, no, come on, all right. But guys, look, this doesn't look anything like him. So listen, it's not, it's not crazy that the doll, I mean, first, it's super crazy that the doll looks nothing like him and that, and that anybody would pay for this. Do you know how much they charge for this doll? $1,100. $1,100 for this doll, okay? Now, guys, that's not even the crazy part. The crazy part is they sold out. They sold out. People brought these dolls like they bought these dolls like crazy. In fact, I, they were, um, they discussed this on like, uh, like, it was so funny. All the morning talk shows are just like, can you believe this? This doesn't look anything like Idris Elba. Women were offended, all right? They were, they were offended, except they sold out, okay? Now, let me ask you this. If you, if you were a huge Idris Elba fan and you said, hey, I, I want a doll of Idris Elba, all right? So <laughs> it's kind of weird, all right? But my, so my, my daughter plays with dolls. My son, like, they like Batman figures, right? They'd be like, I want a, a figure of Batman. If you wanted a, a doll of Idris Elba, and I came up to you and said, hey, I've got a doll of Idris Elba. Let me give it to you. And I give you this doll, would you be upset or would you be happy? You'd be what? <laughs> scared. <laughs> yeah. You'd be scared that I, that I even owned that doll and gave it to you. Yeah. But, but guys, the reason I bring this up is this doll looks nothing like him, but so many people didn't care. They didn't care. They bought it. They said, nope, that is Idris Elba. And, and I bet you Idris Elba's like, no, 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 that's not me. And they're like, it is you. And guys, the exact same thing is happening with Christianity today, where you can read the Bible, and pastors like me and other Christians can sit here and tell you, hey, Christianity that we see in America is like that doll. It's not like the real thing. And some of you guys will say, no, 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 it is a I go to church. I go to church. I, I listen to Christian music. I tithe. 
I'm going to uh, go help out at this outreach thing, okay? I'm a Christian, but deep down, but deep down, you are, you're, maybe you're not, you're not living the way you should be. And guys, we have watered down Christianity so much that people are selling you bad Idris Elba dolls and you don't even, you don't even realize it, okay? I know that sounds crazy, but we don't even realize it. So let me end by saying this, okay, is that the, to answer that question, go ahead and put the main question back up, Burleson. This question here, can, can a Christian lose their salvation, okay? Um, can a Christian lose their salvation? The reason I, I think this is an important topic is, is for two reasons. Um, well, I'll tell you what, let me give you the answer again, is we believe that a Christian cannot lose their salvation. If a person that you know um, came to church and they appeared to be a Christian and they turned away from God, Based on that passage that we read there, I would, my answer to you would be that person was never saved to begin with, okay? That person was never saved to begin with. And that's tough to hear. That really is tough to hear, but it's, it's the truth, right? There are people, that, do you know that the Bible says that there are going to be people who get to heaven and stand before God, and they're going to say, Lord, Lord, and God is going to say, depart from me, for I don't even know you. You're going to say, no, 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 I was a Christian. He's going to be like, yeah, 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 you were a Christian, and guys, that verse should terrify you. It terrifies me. Because I'm just like, man, I got to make sure <laughs> I'm a Christian, right? But here's the thing. If you, if you really have true salvation, if you have given your life to God, then when the hard times come, you'll turn to Jesus during the hard times. When the rich and the wealth comes, you'll say to yourself, okay, I'm rich, I'm wealthy. What can I do to glorify Jesus with this? You don't turn from Jesus to those things like the second and third soil there. Now, you got to be careful with this mindset here because I, I remember I went to a Baptist college and they, they kept saying, they're like, once saved, always saved. And I was like, sweet, I can sin and not go to hell? This is awesome, right? And that is the complete wrong way to think about this, okay? There's two extremes here. If you think you can lose your salvation, then what happens is you tend to lean towards legalism where you, you'll see, you, you follow the rules to a T because you're just like, oh, God forbid I have an aneurysm and I die after I steal something, that, then, oh, man, I got to do everything perfectly right. Now, on the flip side, the, the negative side about this whole idea that it's once saved, always saved, is that you can view it as a thing where, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to hell. I can do whatever I want. Guys, if those thoughts are in your mind, I'm going I'm to really beg you to check yourself, okay? When you have a relationship with Jesus, you don't want to sin against him. Now, hear me. It doesn't mean that you, that you, you never will sin against him again. Guys, I sinned probably today, okay? All of you guys have probably sinned today. I, I, I never tell you guys that when you become a Christian, you're going to be sin-free. We still have these sinful bodies until we get to heaven, okay? You will sin. However, what's your heart like when you sin? Do you care? If you don't care, that kind of tells me that the Holy Spirit might not be speaking to you, okay? If you do care, that, that's what matters. Guys, I look at, I, okay, you guys ever had a best friend who, you guys ever have friends that, that no matter what you do, they'll stick with you through thick and thin? You guys have those friends like that? Yeah, oh, that's so sweet. Meryl, she didn't return the look. I'm wondering if, is this a one-sided friendship here? This is awkward. Oh, man. Is she your best friend? Just say yes. Okay, good. All right. I can't wait for the day when I ask two girls. I'm like, is she your best friend? Yeah, is she your best friend? I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> all right? But, but anyways, if you ever had that best friend before who it doesn't matter what you do, like you can, you can uh, do something and your friend's like, it's okay, it's okay. I'm, I'm upset, but, you know, it's okay. We'll work through this, right? Thank the Lord we don't serve a God who whenever you mess up just goes, nope, that's it. This is the book of life crossing your name out. 
You're done. Nope. Clark, too far this time, all right? I'm wiping your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. We don't serve a God like that. We serve a God who loves you so much that when you do mess up, guess what he's going to do? He's going to stand there with open arms, and he's going to love you through it. He's going to love you through it, okay? So let, let me, I, I like to give you guys a challenge every week. Here's my challenge, my, my challenge for you guys, okay? Is, uh, first off, two challenges. Number one, if you're not a Christian in this room, okay, you've never given your life to God, um, I, I would just, I really would encourage you, you know, God, if you were here last week, and if you didn't hear the message, you can go listen to it on the podcast, but we talked about how believing in Jesus gives you meaning, it gives you value, it gives you purpose. If you don't have Jesus in your life, I mean, I would just encourage you, look for Jesus, okay? He is, he is the one who will be there with arms wide open and will love you no matter what you do, okay? And secondly, if you're a Christian in this room, um, uh, well, check yourself, you know, check yourself. Think about, you know, am I, am I really a Christian? And I'm not trying to get you guys to doubt your salvation. I just want you to be honest with it, okay? Never, never determine your Christianity based on what culture teaches you about Christianity, okay? Base your Christianity on what the Bible says about being a Christian. Well, this is an iPad, but I have my Bible's on here, okay? All right? Base your Christianity based on what the Bible says Christianity is. Let me pray for you guys. Go ahead and bow your heads. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. And Lord, I'm just, I'm grateful for everybody that's in here, God. And my prayer, Lord, is that, um, is that first and foremost, for the people in this room who've never given their life to you, God, I, um, my, my hope and my prayer tonight is that the people in this room who don't know you can just realize that you are a Savior that loves so much, that you're a Savior that doesn't demand perfection, you're a Savior that knows that we're going to mess up, and you're a Savior that, that, that died in our place, God. We, we don't have to pay the penalty of sin because you paid it. And Lord, I'm just so grateful that you did that. And my prayer, God, is that, is that myself and the leaders and, and even the, the Christian students in this room can be such a great reflection of what you are, Lord, that, they, that the people in this room who don't know you can, can see that and just be drawn to you, that they can be drawn to you, God. And God, for the Christians in this room, Lord, I, I pray that they check their hearts. I, I pray for the kids in this room that maybe they're a Christian by name only, that they don't, uh, they, they come to church on Wednesdays, they, uh, they sing the worship songs when we sing, they play the games when we play, they go on the camps when we go on camps, but God, deep down, maybe they just haven't fully committed their lives to you. They're Christian in name only. And God, I pray that we can have a very honest assessment of ourselves tonight and realize that that when, when we become a Christian, when we give our lives to you, when you save us, God, that there's nothing. And Scripture tells us there's nothing that can pull us out of your hands. Lord, I love you so much, and I'm so grateful for everybody that's here. We pray this in your name. Amen.